Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And that is the question Mike Greenberg just asked. That's a good one. This year apparently seems shot in some ways. They do have to figure out what they're going to do even this coming Sunday with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Never mention or never mind the long term. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Good question there by Greeny on one shade of green as we talk about another shade of green here in just a second, Jay. But Doug Peterson, let me turn my mic on. Yes, that works that better. Would, that would be helpful. Doug Peterson is still reviewing the tape to determine who he wants to start. Right. Just saying. Common sense here, Key. Common sense, often not common. He'll name, but... <laughs> he'll name the starter tomorrow. Yeah, you got to get there right. Wednesday, yeah. game plans going in. I had in. to think, Tuesday, because I had Monday night football, Tuesday night football, Cowboys, Baltimore, tomorrow he'll name the starter after he yeah. looks at the tape tonight. Looks at the tape. Yeah. Presumably, Wednesday, starter. Presumably, we'll hear Jalen Hurts as a starter tomorrow. I don't think or he may around. do the college thing. Don't say anything up until kickoff. Right. Make, make the D.C. prep for both guys. Even though, you know, in college, is it going to be Trevor Lawrence or some? No, I think we'll prep for Trevor Lawrence. I think that's probably the way we should probably go. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Again, more on Doug Peterson and the Kelly Green Eagles in just a bit. But this is the gangrene New York Jets. We'll start with with our ESPN NFL insider, Dan Graziano, who joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Dan, good morning. A few minutes ago, the fellas reeled off who they thought might be in the mix to get this head coaching job if and when it becomes open. I just want... I don't want to fire a guy that hasn't been fired yet, but I think Jeez. we kind of know what direction this is going. I don't think Did I'm going you see Dan's face? <laughs> <laughs> what a great face, Dan. Still employed, still employed at the moment at 7.02 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. Uh, who could be in the permission. mix here? <laughs> who could be in the mix here for the Jets once this Adam Gase tenure is over? Look, I mean, you hear a lot of the, the similar names that you've heard in years past in terms of Eric Bieniemy. I mean, Brian Dable in Buffalo is, is, is put a nice little audition tape together last night. Um, you know, th- these guys are going to get interviews. Um, if you look at where the Jets are, if they're going to be picking number one, if they're going to be taking Trevor Lawrence, they're probably going to be looking for a coach, you know, that can they, they feel can sort of shepherd Trevor Lawrence into his NFL career. Uh, and that probably means an offensive guy, even though it's it's not the best not the best idea to to approach your coaching situation that way. Do we want offense? Do we want defense? You want actually someone who's a leader that can maybe even delegate that responsibility. But look, I mean, we, there are there are Jim Harbaugh rumors that bubble up around the Jets. The Jim Harbaugh rumors every year this time. We still don't know what he wants to do. He's an interesting guy for NFL teams if he decides he wants to go back into the pros because his record as an NFL head coach was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there are people that want to see if he could pull that off again. And then you know, I found it really interesting. Our Jets reporter, Rich Samini, uh, in his Sunday notebook this this week, a couple days ago, raised the possibility that they would pursue Doug Peterson if the Eagles decided to move on from him or if they could work out a trade. You know, Joe Douglas, the Jets D- GM, worked with Peterson there in Philadelphia for a couple of years, so there's a connection. So, look, I mean, it, it's early to know for sure, but uh, I, I, the Jets are <laughs> – the Jets are certainly thinking that way. I think it's fair to assume. Dan, let me ask you this, though. Not just for me, but also for the Philadelphia Eagle fans, and you've been covering this thing from day one. What the hell happened to the Eagles this year? <laughs> they, uh, they didn't have the roster they thought they'd have, right? I mean, like, they, they put together a roster that was based around, like, speed in the passing game, and you bring back the Sean Jackson, you draft Jalen Rager, and you think – but, look, I mean <laughs> – 
I, I hate to be the boring guy when this happens, but so often the answer to these questions is the offensive line, right? I mean, they lose key starters on the offensive line in the preseason. They can't keep it together all year. Lane Johnson's in and out of the lineup. You look around the league. Like, why aren't the Ravens as good as last year? Well, Marshall Gander retired and Ronnie Stanley got hurt. Well, what's going on in Cleveland? Why are they so good? Well, look what happened on the offensive line. They bolstered it at the tackle positions. They hired Bill Callahan to coach it. They kept it healthy. It very often comes back to that. And I'm not saying that's the Eagles' only problem, but it's certainly the foundation of what went wrong for them on offense. We came into this year saying injuries, injuries, injuries with the Eagles. Can they overcome this? If they do, it's because the head coach and the quarterback delivered on a high level, and neither one of them did. So they had, a, they had a big challenge coming into this year in terms of their injuries. They did not have a big challenge in terms of the division. They could, have come, they could be 6-6 six and six right now and be in first place. So that wasn't that difficult, but um, it, it's been a disappointing year in those two key spots for the Eagles, head coach and quarterback, where they thought they were solid. You have a very successful column that you dive into every single weekend or every single week overreaction. And you said that the Giants in making the playoffs, that they would be a tough out. What would, why is that? I think I'm going to add Washington now after yesterday and say whoever the NFC East champion is, right? Like that we've been making fun of this division all year and with good reason, but the Giants just went into Seattle and won. Washington just went into Pittsburgh and won. Like, those are playoff teams, right? Seattle and Pittsburgh, those are teams that you could see making the Super Bowl, and these teams just beat them. Look, they play defense, and, and there, is, there hasn't been a ton of that in the NFL this year, but the Giants on defense confused Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks and held them to 12 points on Sunday in their building. That is no small feat. And look, I'm not saying these are world beaters. I don't expect a, a, an 07 or 2011-style Giants Super Bowl run out of this group. I think they're still... They're still putting it together in terms of their long-term prospects. But I don't think they're going to be an enjoyable team to play come January. And I think you saw that on Sunday. And it's because they come in with a plan. They execute it. The, the players are buying into what the coaching staff is selling. And they're feeling very good about themselves. Look, we see hot teams make noise in the playoffs, even if they aren't the necessarily the best teams. Giants have won four in a row. If they keep this going and they go into the playoffs hot, yeah. I mean, how could you say they can't upset a team like Seattle with a home playoff game in the first round when they just went in there to Seattle with Seattle's in a tight division race. It's not like they took them lightly uh, and won the game. I, I think it's I think it's interesting to see these teams develop as possibly legit problems for the big teams come January. Dan, you also said that it's an overreaction to have the Patriots make the playoffs. What's stopping them? Math. I mean, they're six and six, right? And and the Colts right now, I think the Colts are the seven seed in the AFC. They're eight and four. So you got to make up two games, and you got four games left. And there are other teams in between you and the Colts. So I, I just think it, it's too tough a hill to climb right now in terms of the standings. You could get if you're the Patriots, you could win nine or 10 games this year and still miss. So they've put themselves behind the eight ball. They need a lot of help. They need other teams to play badly that are in front of them right now, and they are gonna and, and they need to keep winning. It's really weird. Remember the last time the Patriots missed the playoffs was 08. They were 11-5 and five and, and somehow missed the playoffs that year. So you could have a similar situation here where they end up with a winning record but still on the outside looking in because of that rotten stretch they had back in uh, October where they couldn't score any points. Mm. Okay, let me ask you this before we let you go, Dan. What's going to happen in Chicago? Do you think that they're going to blow Nagy out in at the end of the season? 
I'll say this. If he doesn't win any more games, yeah, I think that's that's certainly going to happen. And I, honestly, I think he's he's in a lot more peril than I would have thought a month ago, uh, which, I mean, you know, these these long losing streaks in the middle of the season certainly do that to you. You start 5-1, and one, now you're 5-7. and seven. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. That's a situation we're definitely watching at this point in terms of a potential opening at head coach and maybe GM. I mean, remember, Ryan Pace is the one that traded up to draft Mitchell Trubisky when Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were on the board. So at some point, you know, you have to wear that decision. So yeah, that, that's a situation that's gone very badly here over the last six, seven weeks. And I think it's, it's entirely possible Chicago joins the ranks of teams that are looking for a new head coach in, what, now four weeks? Indeed, their record may not show it, but uh, Houston is the Bears' next opponent. They're dangerous just because of the work that Watson has been able to do sans weapons. That's next up for the Bears. Dan, thank you very much. You got it. Thank you. Yeah, Keyshawn J. Bulls, you've been presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save <clears throat> with Progressive save over $750 <clears throat> on average. Dan joined us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. On the way, after the Steelers' first loss of the season... Where do they fall in Key's real rankings? Uh Uh-oh. Key unveils that next on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And we are ready to go with Key's real rankings. Turn on the SAP button on your television. Here we go. Numero siete, the Browns. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Look, the Browns certainly got a signature win this past weekend against the Tennessee Titans. They took care of business. They bottled up Derrick Henry, but also Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield went nuts against the Tennessee Titans. He's answered the bell, I would say. There's room to grow. They haven't finished the deal, but you got to be excited for the Cleveland Browns if you're a Cleveland Brown fan in the state of Ohio. Numero six, Los Rams. When Jared Goff is on, man, he's cooking. I'm just being honest with you. Just want y'all to know that's Jay Will uh, bringing me in and out of my picks. That is not me. But the Rams did exactly what I thought they would do. Go down to the desert, take care of business against Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Teams have caught up to this offense of the Arizona Cardinals. The latest win is the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, in that cast of characters. Watch out for them come playoff time. Number five, the Bills. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. That is correct. The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs and company. When you think about this team and you think about where they're at, they're a team much like the Cleveland Browns in my point of view. They've got to get a signature win. Yes, they are going to win the division. There's no question about it, but... I want to see them take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night because, to me, that'll be that signature W that they need to convince me that they're ready to make a run against the Kansas City Chiefs. Number cuatro, the Steelers. We got to make routine plays routinely, and we're not making them routinely enough right now. The Steelers, you know, they kind of dropped a little bit. I know it's a, a team that was undefeated. They lose one game. Now, all of a sudden, they're the fourth team in my rankings the last two games, they haven't shown me anything that makes me believe that they're the team to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. That loss last night just, it was, it had to be sickening to Mike Tomlin to think that they went out there and lost to the Washington football team with a dominant defense that's emerging in the NFC East. 
Numero tres. The Packers. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. You know, it's so interesting. They could be the number one team on this board. They could be the number two team on the board. But instead, they are the number three team, which is not light at all. I think when you look at Devontae Adams, you, obviously there's Aaron Rodgers, big-time MVP candidate, things that they do when Aaron Jones out of the backfield, the defense playing okay football. It, it, it just – they need to continue to play like they're playing, not show up like they showed up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – they need to show us exactly what they could do against the better teams in the NFC moving forward. Number two, the Saints. Yeah, well. We don't think what you think, man. Yeah, well, this is easy for me. It's called nepotism. It's very easy. They haven't missed a beat. Taysom Hill comes in. They continue to win. Hopefully, for them, they're going to be getting Drew Brees back soon as they close out the season and head into the playoffs. That way they can have some sort of continuity with, the, with Drew Brees in the playoffs and not just insert him at the end of the season. Taysom Hill's done a tremendous job. He certainly has helped his stock as far as the quarterback position goes. But then again, you know, hey, man, my nephew's on that team, so what you expect for me to do? Numero uno, the Chiefs. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. Might be a double. I don't know how many weeks this has been in a row, but Andy Reid's eating a lot of double cheeseburgers, that's for sure, because they continue to stay at the top of the heat at the number one overall pick in my real rankings. Kansas City's Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Although some games have looked tight and close, especially within the division, whether it's the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers beating beating beat by the Oakland Raiders or or barely uh, beating the Denver Broncos. Whatever the case may be, it's a division-type situation. I'm not worried about Kansas City at all. I think all the snack, crackle, pop that you get from Kelsey, you get from Ty, Tyreek Hill and Watson along with Patrick Mahomes is just phenomenal. I can't wait to see them in the AFC Championship game. And that will do it for Key's Real Rankings with an assist by our point card, obviously, Jay. All right, Jay, so... Well, you pass too much. You need to start shooting. <laughs> Shoot the ball, Zubin! Shoot the ball, <laughs> Shoot it! Shoot your shot, Jay. You heard Key's real rankings. What are your thoughts, especially with the Steelers? I actually thought the Steelers were a little lower than, uh, than I had thought. Yeah, I, I'm okay with the Steelers being where they are uh, just because of how they won games. And, I, look, I still think Mike Tomlin is the coach of the year. I think Kevin Stefanski is right there. Uh, I agree. I actually agree with, with Key on all these. I wanted to ask him, though, Key, yes. out of your seven power rankings here, the Key's rankings, which two teams have the most upside? Upside. Like, I feel like I know who the Chiefs are. I know who the Saints are. Drew Brees coming back, a little bit of a question. I know who the Packers are. Like, between the Steelers, the Bills, the Rams, and the Browns, which two of those teams have the most upside to make the biggest jump can in I, your rankings? Can I get three? Instead of two, sure, whatever you want. It's I'll your take, rankings. I'll take the Bills, Rams, and the Browns. In that, in that. Uh, however, order. Yeah, no, no give me an order. order. Give me an order. An give me order? an order. I like this. By Who the way, has the most upside of those three? Five, six, Bills, six, Rams, seven. and Browns. That's your five. Six, I seven. would say Rams, Bills, Browns. I would flip those two. Rams, Bills, Browns got the most upside. And I, what, think the, I think the look, man. Here's what I would say about the Rams: as long as Jared Goff doesn't trick it off by giving the ball to the other team. The Rams going to win pretty much every single game because the defense, defense is, is so lights good. out. Yeah. And their offense make plays, whether it's Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, whether it's Henderson and Brown in the backfield, whether it's uh, Higby at the tight end position or Everett. I mean, they got a nice nucleus of Sean McVay on that offense. And then the defense, you already know what that is. Led by the best 
defensive player in the NFL. Led and, by um, probably, despite the position, probably the best player in the National Football League. Pound for pound. Just yeah, just despite. I understand Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback and, and he has nice hair and we like Patrick and, and all that sort of stuff. I get it. But in terms of a player, you have to prepare for Aaron Donald like no other because he can do so many different things from a defensive standpoint, whether he lines up in a two technique, a three technique, whether he's at the defensive end, whether he's at a wide tech on the defensive end side, you know, it, it, it's just he's a guy that you you got to watch out for because he can wreck a game. Well, we'll get a chance to see that on a Sunday because that game against the Pats is going to be a street fight. That's going to be a street fight. And the Rams are only favored by six. We only have to wait one more day, a couple more days to get it. It's a short week for both teams. Here we go. Pats, Rams, Thursday night. We'll see. Oh, Thursday night. Excuse me. What happens? No problem. A good thing, you know, for, for New England is Bill Belichick doesn't have to worry about anybody hanging out in L.A. That's for sure, because COVID has shut that thing down. Right, and keep in mind, they just played the Chargers. Now they're playing the Rams. Obviously, they're not flying back across the country to fly back. They're staying there. They're rooted. They're ready to go. But a lot of Rams fans are mad at that, too, right? Because the Rams had to fly back and forth when they were here on the East Coast. And it's a really big game for the Pats, by the way, too. But but I think that might have been, I think that might have been CDC rules, though, right? That made, I don't think they had a facility that they could practice in on the East Coast. I don't know. I think no, I, I'm yeah. I'm almost certain that that's what it is. I'll go out on a limb and say that the rules didn't allow them because the facility that they needed to use was already occupied, so there wasn't another place for them to practice. Stakes mm. on both sides for the Pats trying to get that seventh seed. Remember this year, there's seven teams in each conference. If the Pats were to win out, they were to get to ten and six. But as Dan Graziano, our NFL insider, mentioned just moments ago, right now the teams in the six and seven spot have eight wins already. Rams are trying to win the division. They're in pole position. Yeah, it, and, and I think the Rams will come out of this division. I think it's either going to be Seattle or the Rams. Did I miss anybody in the real rankings that you thought I should have had in? Once I mean, again, it was Chiefs, no? Saints, Packers, Steelers, Bills, Rams, Browns. Seattle's on the outside? Yeah, just because I'm mad at them. How are you going to lose to the damn Giants at home? No, I, I, it was a very – it was a revealing loss – Come on now. Revealing loss. And a revealing win. You got an MVP candidate in Russell Wilson. You got an emerging superstar at wide receiver in DK Metcalf. I mean, like, stop. They shouldn't have lost to them. So, Key just Uh, mentioned. Go ahead. The Colts. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You you haven't been that high on the Colts that much. No, I'm good. For those on radio that can't see me shaking my head, I was silent because I was shaking my head. But – no, I'm good on the Colts. The, the Colts are 8, 9, 10, 11. What, I don't know. Okay. I got the 7 right. <laughs> gotcha. The Colts right now, by the way, are an 8-4 and four football team led by Phillip Rivers, who looks like he's finally putting it together. The Cowboys, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, uh, the bottom seven. 2028? <laughs> the bottom seven. The bottom seven. By the way, Cowboys-Ravens tonight, a little Tuesday night football. Key mentioned Pat Mahomes before when comparing him to Aaron Donald when he talked about the best offensive and defensive players in the game. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We're simply asking you this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, as easy as it gets, who's the MVP? Mahomes or Rodgers? On the surface, first blush seems easy, but then you gotta look at A-Rod's numbers. 400 touchdown passes, fastest to get there, did that Sunday. 50,000 yards passing in his career. I understand it's not a cumulative award. I understand it's not a retirement award. It's not a legacy award. It's a 2020 award. Totally get it. But we're asking you to weigh in, Mahomes or Rodgers. 52%. Ooh, close. 52%, yeah. A slight majority 
have said Patrick Mahomes, including at Freddie Belly on Twitter. Thank you, Freddie. Hit us up at KeyJNZ. Quote, Rodgers, he's doing more with less. One guy mm. can say Mahomes is underachieving with all of his weapons. That's interesting. Everywhere you look, Mahomes has somebody. Rodgers, not so much. That's his rationale. But, but okay. Do we, do we think that Rodgers is playing with less? Do we really honestly think that? I'm I mean, sure, compared I'm sure to Patrick Mahomes. Saying, okay, right? so so think about it this way: Devontae Adams, yep, Tyreek Hill, okay. I mean, all right, right? yeah, okay. Kelsey, he gets the nod over Green Bay's tight end, no doubt. There's yeah. not a close. But when you start to go down to Lazar and in Sammy Watkins and some of the other pieces, it's kind of even though Lazar's young and been in and out of the lineup. He's been productive when he's been in the lineup, much like Sammy Watkins. And I'm sure he's going with Hilaire, he's going with Hardman, he's going with other guys. And so when you think about Hilaire versus Aaron Jones, or you think about uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, I mean, so I wouldn't necessarily say that Aaron Rodgers is playing with less. Great point. I just wouldn't, outside of the tight end and Kelsey, Mm -hmm. right? It's not, right? I mean, and then maybe the play calling of Eric Bieniemy versus LaFleur. And, and Andy Reid, that's kind of, you know, but Aaron Rodgers can show you he can win even though you think he's playing with less talent. The other thing I would say, the Chiefs scored 32 points in their loss. There's just been a couple of Packers clunkers out there. Even when the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, they scored 32. They scored 22 against Denver on Sunday, but they don't feel like they're inept on offense. Every once in a while, the guess Packers why, are just though? like, what's Agreed. going on but, but guess why, though? Because you see the splash plays every single Sunday – on countdown or on uh, Chris Berman's fastest three minutes or whatever, top ten play. I mean, like, you see Snack Crackle Pop. You see Andy Reid. You see the cheeseburgers. You see the mask. Double. You see the hot coach and Eric Bieniemy. Like, you see all of these things, and they are a highlight machine. So whenever that's in front of you, that's what you think of. Green Bay, there's one guy, two guys on Green Bay team that they constantly show highlights of. Name the two. Right, Rodgers, two Adams. That's it. So you automatically assume they don't have anything. Where it's everybody, it seems as though Kansas City, the bright red uniforms, it, it just it in your eyes are telling you something different. That's all I'm saying. Now, can Green Bay beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl? They could, but I would probably take Kansas City in the Super Bowl because I think Kansas City's defense is slightly better in crunch time. Indeed. So what should the Eagles do at the quarterback position? Where are they better off? Wentz or Hurts? Seems pretty obvious. No call yet. Our Super Bowl champion weighs in with his thoughts and why there might be a delay in naming Hurts the starter. That's on the way right after SportsCenter. First and 10 at the 25, 204 to go. Pittsburgh's got a timeout. Washington leads 20 to 17. Roethlisberger throws out to the left. Get it. Tipped up in the air and intercepted. Intercepted by John Bostick at the 25. Washington takes over with a three-point lead. That's, as they say in the district, Bram Weinstein on ESPN 630. The Steelers fall from the ranks of perfection. It was the best start in franchise history. Washington wins 23-17. Put them right back in the NFC East chase. The Steelers now got the Bills on a short week. 
Speaking of Buffalo, they defeat the Niners on Monday Night Football. They'll see Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, on Sunday Night Football. Buffalo winning their first Monday Night Football game this century, snapping a seven-game losing streak on the biggest stage in sports. Keep in mind, the Bills missed the playoffs for 17 straight years, so the invitation to Monday Night Football, much like my little baby birthday invitation, has been lost in the mail. Rapper little baby. Rapper little baby. L-I-L apostrophe. Not L-I-T-T-L-E. Very good description, Zubin. Thank you very much. My street cred building as the show goes on. Steph Curry and the Warriors discussing an extension. Right now, he's in the midst of a five-year, $201 million deal. He could go and extend this for three years, 156. He wants to end his career with the only team he's ever played for, and they got to make this work by December 21st. Obviously, they could do it long-term, but if they want to lock it in right now for the extra money, it'll be December 21st. Meanwhile, James Harden turned down two years, $100 million. Right. 3-156, Harden's like, I can't get out of bed for that money. Sports Center brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or, or on the edge of, of your seat, <laughs> Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected. Every upset, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback and let it move you. No matter what the season throws your way, Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear, more driven. <laughs> Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. That's the big question from Greeny. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. So we had a pretty interesting discussion there. On the real rankings and the MVP discussion, I don't think Carson Wentz is be, uh, you know, Carson Wentz at one point was seen to be an MVP candidate, you know, way back in his career, year one, year two, got them to the brink of the Super Bowl on his own, got injured that game in LA. Nick Foles took him the rest of the way. He still gets credit for getting the home field advantage, putting him in that spot. But all that's water under the bridge because at this particular point, all those plaudits that Carson Wentz has received or has earned 
they're nil. Let's bring in ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday. Jeff, take us inside the mind of just the way an NFL week works. I think everybody with common sense knows they're going to start Jalen Hurts on Sunday against the red-hot New Orleans Saints who come in winning nine in a row. Um, But why hasn't Doug Peterson, do you think, made that determination yet when it seems so obvious that Wentz's confidence has been crushed? Well, he's going to want to talk to his team first, right? And Monday, you're going over the Green Bay game, kind of making corrections for everybody. He's going to go back, watch the tape, look at how Hurts played, look at how Wentz played, um, see kind of what issues you know could be presented by both guys and the way that they're playing. And then he'll push forward. Tuesday's game plan day. So they're installing as a coaching staff. They're spending all their time doing that. And then, you know, again, Wednesday morning, it's it's uh, the first real kind of real meeting of the of, for the team for the upcoming week. And that's probably when he He'll, you know, tell the guys because when you hit the practice field, you're going to see by reps who the guy is going to be. So he'll have that discussion and tell them, you know, don't tell anybody in the press. Let's keep it quiet until after practice or, or maybe even throughout the whole week. Don't, don't, don't tell them who's going to start. But to your point, I think you saw the spark that Jalen Hurts brought to them last week against Green Bay, probably the way they're headed. Usually when the head coach doesn't say who the starter is, it's probably not the guy who was starting the week prior. So, uh, you, you know, it is, as he's trying to cloak it in darkness, I'm not sure that anybody else is, is going to be surprised with the move come, uh, come tomorrow. Jeff, you're underneath the center. You're underneath the center. You're the center of the team. Who should be the starter? You know, that's tough, Key. I'm not going to lie to you. This is, for me, that's not a wholesale change. I mean, look, man, we've seen Jalen Hurts, what do he throw, 12 balls, you know, against Green Bay and, you know, maybe 25 or 30 on the season. I, You know, it's hard for me to say, hey, we're just going to go make this this huge change. I, I, I would have kind of, I'd kind of do it the way that the Saints have done it uh, the last year and and, and make, make Jalen Hurts my Taysom Hill kind of package. Bring him in, make the defense script for two different quarterbacks as opposed to just keying in on one. Listen, you and I both know, man, that, that, that the backup quarterback in, in any franchise where the starting quarterback is struggling is the most popular guy in town. So right now, Jalen Hurts is, you know, he, he's the king for everybody, but no one's scripted for him, right? No one's, no one's put a defensive game plan together specifically for Jalen Hurts and what he does well and what they think he doesn't do well. So, so and to me, the sample size is so small, I would make people prepare for both. I wouldn't just make this a wholesale change. I, w- I would keep both guys in the fray and if you're looking at, at, at you know Philadelphia long term without a trade that you know Carson Wentz is going to be an eagle so if, if this is an idea that you hey we're going to completely walk away from Carson Wentz that's a different conversation I don't think they're there I would not just make this though the Jalen Hurts show I don't think their offensive line is in a position to produce that way I don't think their receiving core is in a you know position to do it that way so I, I would kind of keep it uh, at least a rotation if, if for lack of a better term. Jeff, how surprised were you to see that the Jets show Greg Williams the door after that blitz zero debacle? I was really surprised. I think that's kind of bunk, man. I mean, look, when you when you, this team has been garbage the, the entire season, right? Their offense is in the is is in the last and basically every statistical quarter uh, you know category in the league. You know who Greg Williams is. This was no surprise that he'll he'll blitz guys. He did it on the fourth down, you know, prior to when they were down near the red zone and he threw it and, and cart those at short to Aguilar. So um, is it a great call? I don't like the call, but do I think the guy should be fired for it? Absolutely. 
absolutely not, especially with, you know, four or five games or four or five weeks left in the season and where this team has been, it's, which has been in just mass chaos uh, pretty much the whole season. I felt like it was kind of a scapegoat. And here's my other side of that is the head coach knows the call. Like, you, like you've got a headset on for a reason, right? You're, you're going to hear what the guy is doing. If you don't like it, you know, you're a man, bro. Like, so Adam Gase, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to drop nine and rush two or whatever other defensive philosophy you have that you want to put forth. But, you know, to act like, oh, man, well, Greg, Greg's the final say, so whatever he said goes because he was my coordinator. You and I both know that ain't the way the league works. And so I, I felt like this was just an easy way to place blame on one guy. And do I love the call? I don't love the call. Look, no, no one's going to stand up and go, I, I love cover zero blitz. But do I think Greg Williams should have been fired over it? Absolutely not. I think this is just another example of the Jets showing their ineptitude as an organization of just holding until the end of the season when they're all going to be gone anyway. I, I do not think it's this conspiracy theory key where, hey, we're going to do this and, and you know, because we want Trevor Lawrence. You, you and I both know they don't care. They ain't coaching Trevor Lawrence. And nobody in that locker room wants to be an offer. Um, so I, I don't believe it's that. It's just one of those days that, that Greg made a bad call and, and, and ultimately they overreacted in my opinion. I feel like it's Sunday morning and I'm at church and you're, you just gave me the sermon. You gave me. I want to revisit some real quick, Jeff. Did you say that move was bonk? Did you say bonk? Yes. Oh. Bunk. 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 You know, it's it's a family show, man. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about a player that went bonkers? Let's talk about Baker Mayfield, uh, and that went over over the Titans. Oh. He looked like the number one pick in a draft. What does this win say about what you think about this team? that Baker Mayfield should give Bill Callahan a Mercedes at the end of the year. He is their offensive line coach, and he has he has turned this offensive running game around. Listen, Chubb and Hunt, we know the offense runs through them. If you go back and look at uh, you know Sunday's game, Baker Mayfield was electric. Look, Tennessee challenged him, beat us. He said, bet, got it, right? And he, and he took care of business. However, that play action is so lethal because you have to honor the run. If you look at some of the breakdowns, Man, the, 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 the Titans linebackers are almost at the defensive lineman's heels when Mayfield is dropping back. And I think their block, uh, their pass blocking percentage was in the 80s, which is just insane, which means he's getting no pressure. He's wide open in the pocket. So give Bill Callahan, give, give that offensive line a ton of credit. They are, open, they are keep opening holes and keeping him clean. And he's just doing what's given. And, and man, listen, I, I, I'm happy for the guy. He's playing much better than he has in, in previous years, and he's showing kind of like you said, what talent he was given. But, man, the, the, Bill Callahan deserves uh, deserves something. Watches, cars, I don't know what how much QBs make. Now I don't know what they should give, but it should be big time, rest assured. Jeff, you've been on a team in Indianapolis that had a chance to go 16-0, and then you lose that football game. And, and how, you watched last night Pittsburgh, 11-0, had a chance to go 16-0. They lose to Washington, which I didn't think they would. How much yeah. concern should it be out in the air? about Pittsburgh moving forward? Well, let me say this. We didn't lose the game to the Jets. We gave the game away, right? We pulled all, we pulled the starters with a lead in the second half. So don't, don't get me started. That's a, that's, a bad, that's a bad deal, a bad bad conversation key right there. We, but anyway, let's move forward to the Steelers. Uh, yeah, listen, man, it, it, they play the Ravens short week against what you and I both know. Washington's front seven is legit. They'll flat out get at you. Del Rio does a great job. Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator with this defense. Um, and Pittsburgh, man, they drop it, what, seven times? 
when they're on the, their kicker is hurt, so when they're on the 28, they decide to go for it on third and fourth down, which I did not like. If you're going to go for it on fourth down, at least try to run it uh, and get the one yard, right? Go QBs and get something where you can get it up in there instead of throwing two passes, a little RPO, and then a, a ball down to McFarlane on the sideline. But um, I'm not overly concerned. I, listen, I, it's hard to win all these games. You know, people just act like because your roster or you played better early in the year, you just go walk in and beat somebody, man. The, 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 the Washington football team played a good game, and the Steelers made a ton, a ton of self-inflicted wounds. Those two combinations, you lose football games in this league, and but but are the Steelers, are you washing everything? Oh, this team's not even in the – no, this is still a good football team. Their defense is still absolutely legitimate. And uh, so, no, I still think this is, they're right in the fray for this AFC. Key taking Jeff back to that day in December of 2009. Let's flash forward to <laughs> He did it on purpose, Jeff. He did it on purpose. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. I wasn't coaching him. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Polian, I love him. He kept me, hey, he kept me employed 13 years, but that one hurt me, Key. No, you know what I, I mean? That you. was Jay Will. You know what I mean? When you <laughs> when you feel it, when you know you're going to run the table and you just give it away, come on, man. That's right. They pull Peyton Manning, and the rest, <laughs> as they say, is history. Jeff decked out in Carolina, blew his Tar Heels against Iowa tonight. ACC Big Ten Challenge. Thanks, you, Jeff. You Thanks, know Jeff. It. Very Roy Williams type jacket on. <laughs> Right, North yeah. Carolina. Well, check it. Yeah, he got, the, look. he got the yeah the North Carolina look. Interesting to take you back to December of 2009. That really was a huge story that night. I still remember it. Man, what did they do? Why did the Colts do it? We'll see. We'll see. The Steelers don't have to worry about perfection anymore. On the way, every bit of ink in Philly has been spilled on Wentz versus Hertz. But is there a third guy in this mix we're not talking about nearly enough? Who's that? We'll talk about that after Jay has this from Shell. Your day is busy enough. So come into Shell and get three things done at once. First and foremost, fill up with the Shell B-Power Nitro Plus premium gasoline to help keep your engine running like new. Then save up with the fuel rewards program and never pay full price for gas again. How amazing is that? And finally, snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell and engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. See full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
And folks, that's really the big story, the big question uttered by Mike Greenberg there. What does it mean for 2021? Because you got to believe 2020 is shot. What are they going to do with Wentz? Do they leave the rest of 2020 for room to grow for Jalen Hurts to see what the second round pick has? All of that will be made by one man who himself is under the microscope the way Wentz and Hurts are. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll talk about Doug Peterson's job status in just a second, but first let's hear from the Eagles head coach yesterday when he was simply asked the question, have you decided who your starter for Sunday is against the Saints? Uh, no, I have not made a decision yet, and uh, the offensive line um, does not weigh into any um, decisions as to who that might be. So then, Doug, what are some of the determining factors in that decision, and is there a time you'd like to make that decision by? Yeah, you know, Dave, I'm not not prepared right now to uh, make any uh, statement or decisions on on that. You know, I'm I'm still processing a lot of uh, a lot of things and going through a lot of things before I make that decision. So that uh, when I know, you'll know. Sure, sure. I'm not asking it, what the decision is, but what goes into that decision? Uh, I would like to keep those private. So that's just between me and me. That means <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> me and me. <laughs> uh, just he's not going to tell you. I mean, he, he knows. He knows the decision. That, uh, they all know the decision, right? right? It's like we had this conversation about Trubisky versus Nick Foles. Should he go back? It's like he's going to start Trubisky at the beginning of the year. Oh, he started Trubisky. He was always going to start Trubisky. Right. Then he replaces him. Now you go, well, he's coming back. He's coming back. It's going to be Trubisky. Now when you look at this situation with the Eagles, it's much like Jeff Saturday said, it's not going to be the guy who started the game to begin with. It's going to be the guy who replaced him. If you've been in locker rooms and you've been around these situations, you know coach speak. And there's like little codes and different things that they do. As I always tell Jay, they got this big old manual with chapters and pages in it, and they all go to it. Whatever chapter it is, whatever page, yeah, chapter 29, page such and such. This is what you need to say to the press if you're going to switch quarterbacks. And this is it. Jalen Hurts gave him a little spark and gave him a little ump. Yeah, they can do the New Orleans Saint thing and rotate, but that's not what they need. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a quarterback to lead them. And I think Jalen Hurts, and you can see when he took over last Sunday against the Green Bay Packers, he didn't complete every single ball, but you could feel and you could see through the television screen that the players were responding different. Their bounce was different when he became the quarterback the second half of the game. Jay, let me ask you this real quick, if mm-hmm. I could. By the way, Drew Brees is off IR, eligible to return this Sunday. So Ooh. it could be Brees versus Hurts, could be Taysom versus Hurts, but just a notable reminder that the three games are up. Drew Brees could be could be in the lineup as early as as Sunday in Philly for the Saints. Just throwing yeah, that out Yeah, those there. ribs might still be on medium well. Right. You might want to get them a little ribs. more well done. Uh, yes, on the dry run. cook a little yeah. bit longer. Yes, the Eagles, you could cook them a little bit longer. Keep them on the grill. 11 in all, which is way more than initially thought at five. Are we having the wrong conversation with regards to when's or hurts? We know the answer. Is the real question, no matter what decision Doug Peterson makes, Will he be around next year to see Hurts flourish if indeed Hurts is the guy? I said this before. I'm not sure that Doug Peterson is able to get away from this unscathed. I know that he won a Super Bowl several years ago, uh, and it's very, very recent. It just feels, and this is just my observation, that he is extremely reluctant to say, here, Jalen Hurts, let's go. He's reluctant. And, And this goes back to what Dan Orlowski said on our show yesterday, where he was worried about 
the mental stability of Carson Wentz. I, I didn't say that. Dan Orlowski said that. If that is what Doug Peterson is worried about, then it's not a question. It's not a, it's not, it, it's, the answer is right there. If you're asking somebody to lead men on the field, Key, you've been led by men on the field. You are a man. Well, I, <laughs> I would never question your confidence level in order to do that. So if we're turning this conversation into, are we questioning the confidence level of Carson Wentz? The answer is easy. You have to go with Jalen Hurts, even if you are reluctant. Give it up and just say, we are behind Jalen Hurts now and whoever's going to lead this franchise moving forward. Well, it's a certain way to do it, though. You have to, as a head coach, you do it. You, you, why? You, because you just do. But why do you have to treat everything so delicately with white gloves? Sometimes you need to rip the damn Band-Aid off. Everybody's not built like that, though, Jason. They're not. They're not. Every, every but don't you want the people that lead your team to be built like that, Key? Well, he knows his quarterback. I don't know Carson Wentz. I don't know. I've had two words with him, high and by, in good season. Hope you play well. That's it. Nothing. No. So I don't know him. He's been in the room with him. He drafted him. He understands who he is from a mental standpoint. And if you ever have to go back to Carson Wentz after you start Jalen Hurts, you don't want Carson Wentz to feel a certain way about you. You want to be able to communicate that to him because you need him. Again, I'll say it for the umpteenth time. Quarterbacks are so sensitive. I know y'all joke about receivers and divas and this and that. Quarterbacks are the worst. I'm just being honest with you. They don't get all of the 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 the, the slack that receivers get, but quarterbacks are the worst. You got to treat them a certain way, man. They're very, very sensitive. It, it, you know, they snap like that. And I think Doug Peterson understands that because he played the position. So he knows how to, you know, navigate through some 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 rough waters when dealing with the quarterbacks. You'll know a starter by Wednesday. I'm just saying, how does this reflect upon Doug Peterson and the players on the field? If the players on the field know that one player isn't getting it done, then I wonder what they think about Doug Peterson every time they hear him at the post-presser. Because they already know what's going to happen on Wednesday. In the building, we know, Z. In the building, we know. In the building, Pat Mahomes is the NFL's MVP. But guess who's closing super fast, according to you guys? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.